Hello, everybody. We are brought to you today by Routine. When you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mainly from expelling vapors and sweating. What do you do first thing in the morning? Well, most people wake up, don't drink water, and they go straight for the caffeine. They drink coffee. And by doing so, you actually dehydrate yourself even more. So Morning Routine is a product that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. They come in these little single serve packets, and they are part of every single morning for me. When I wake up, the first thing I do is grab my shaker bottle, pour one of these little single serve packets in, shake it up, and drink it. Uh, genuinely, the days I use morning routine versus the days I don't, the days I do, I truthfully, truthfully, truthfully feel hydrated. Uh, I feel like my brain is just working in a way that it doesn't on days that I don't start my day off with one of these. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout, you'll get 30% off your first order. Again, this is just a daily morning supplement that I take. Um, and a little hack for everyone listening too, I take these first thing in the morning. Sometimes when I feel just dehydrated or maybe if you decide to have an alcoholic beverage, they're also great in my opinion after having a, if you have a drink, um, having one of these afterwards before you go to bed to rehydrate, just any part of your day, um, you can plug one of these in uh, just to rehydrate yourself and get going. And like I said, go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Today, we're also brought to you by NeuroRoast. Today's episode is brought to you by NeuroRoast, a company that's dedicated to helping you optimize your brain function and overall well-being. NeuroRoast's flagship product is their premium mushroom coffee, which is made with an organic single-origin coffee and their signature blend of five different functional mushrooms, including cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, turkey tail, and chaga. Mushroom coffee is a new and exciting way to supercharge your day. Unlike regular coffee, which can cause jitters and crashes, mushroom coffee provides a more balanced and sustained energy boost, allowing you to stay focused and productive throughout the day. And with NeuroRoast ground and instant coffee options, you can enjoy the benefits of mushroom coffee wherever and whenever you need it. And here's some great news for my listeners today. NeuroRoast is offering an exclusive just discount just for you. If you use the code SHANEWHITE during checkout at neuroroast.com, dot com that's n-e-u-r-o-a-s-t dot com you'll get 30 percent off your order uh, whether you choose ground or instant coffee both will work so again that's shane white at at checkout for 30 percent off your purchase so if you're looking for a natural and delicious way to boost your focus memory and overall cognitive function give neurorose mushroom coffee a try with their commitment to quality and sustainability, you can trust that you're getting the best possible coffee for your brain and your body. Uh, and one last time, use that code Shane White at checkout to get 30%. Um, that is the prompt they gave me. Love the guys at NeuroRoast. Genuinely, folks, uh, from me to you, th their coffee is delicious. It does honestly have a different sort of caffeination way of it. The best way to describe it is it doesn't give you the jitters or the crash. Um, I love their stuff. It's the I get the flavored mushroom coffee, ground coffee. Um, to be honest, it's one of my favorite afternoon coffee products. 
uh, if I'm going to have a cup of coffee for some reason in the afternoon, whether it's a long, busy day, whatever it may be, um, I love taking their stuff because it really doesn't give you this like jittery, super elevated, caffeinated feeling, but you feel like you have energy and you don't have the crash later. So genuinely do love NeuroRoast. Again, their website is N-E-U-R-O-A-S-T dot com and the code is Shane. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. The episode is up after this. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. Before we even dive in and introduce my friend Danny here, uh, there's been a little bit of a hiatus. And Danny, I didn't tell you this before we started recording. Um, me and my wife just bought a house and went through that whole process. And this podcast, unfortunately, took a little bit of a hiatus. So it's been it's been a month since I've recorded an episode, which for me is a really long time. So Danny is my my first guest back on the podcast. So without further ado, Danny Bayless, my good buddy, is back on the podcast. Danny, how are you, buddy? Doing well. I knew I was uh, going to be on the podcast today, so um, I got my my full focus planner. My that I, uh, man, are you back on morning. it? I'm back on it. I'm are back you on okay? It. Good. Um, I got Kyle. You know, Kyle uses it. Okay, I don't think he uh, uses it very like he doesn't use it the right way, but he he uses it every day. And and I think main reason why I use it is a call it transitioning from to-do lists to focus areas. And that's in a nutshell, like at, at one point I have, you know, 15, 20 to-do lists on, on any given day. And it's like, okay, well, what are my three main priorities that right. I truly need to get accomplished today? And then how am I tracking towards that? So um, I'm back on. Love I, it. Uh, I didn't do lunches today. So I you do did not do lunches? For that, but I got my workout in. Okay. Work I'll give you a check mark. That's going to start to become a, a uh, well, maybe when we do more in-person podcasts, now that I'm in my permanent place, uh, maybe that'll be a go. requirement. We have to do lunges before we record an episode. Um, I'm pumped to hear that though, before we even dive into real estate and everything else, the full focus planner. It's something that I use religiously, but I also have seasons where I, I try technology again and I try yep. other tools and I always fall back to it. And a good, a good story is, I think we talked about this a long time ago, bullet journaling. That was like another thing I was yep. dancing around yep. with when, yep. I, when you showed me the full, you're the one that showed me the full focus planner. Um, well, just to give you actually give you a little shout out. You're the reason I started using it. So thank you for that. Go. I started I using think... the bullet journal uh, two days ago. I was like, I don't want to start bullet journaling again. I can start doing it. And then I'm like, no, I need my full focus planner. Like I get so disorganized without having a very clear and defined list now. So, and I think what, what full focus planner does is it, at least it helps me work backwards. Like mm -hmm. I get to in the flow of like, what am I doing today? What am I doing this week? What am I doing? As opposed to really taking a step back and okay, what am I trying to accomplish this quarter? What am I trying to accomplish this year? Yes. Are my actions turning into who I want to be in, in three years from now? So that's, I think that's what it is. It's a reset of like, and you and I have talked about it too. Um, hey, you got to find a way to get Rob Deerdeck on this podcast. Uh, Funny just, story. Yeah. Well, no, I think I told you that's the well, Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. my time, um, you know, equating to what I'm trying to accomplish. And that's, that's really how I leverage a focus planner. And that helps me again, just kind of think big picture as opposed to uh, to do list, so to say. 100%. There, there's something to be said about 
just the simple flow of it for me, yep. like always opening it up and seeing what my yearly goals are on the first page is powerful. Cause I think otherwise, yeah. if I have it on like an Excel sheet or written down somewhere else, it's very easy to, to start just doing whatever you feel like the fire drill is versus it, like aligning on that. And then for me, I don't know about you. I, I don't use every part of this, but I use the weekly preview every Sunday. That's like my religion. Yeah. I, I'm not, again, I'm not, you know, spending an hour on Sunday, but yeah. I am call it getting ready for the week on Sunday in some capacity, leveraging, leveraging the journey. I, I so. love making a weekly big three because that helps me yep. just like, am I on track for goals or not? And then like, what's a big thing that I, a big piece of the pie that I could just like over the week try to accomplish. I don't know yeah. about you, but like sometimes it's something for Noble that's very specific, like doing X, Y, and Z. But I actually use it a lot too for like um, health and wellness. Like um, the other week, I was just felt like I kind of got back into having a few drinks here and there. And it was yeah. even just like no drinks during the week. And I had like Monday through Friday and I had to like check off each day. And it was just like a little, yeah. little something that could have been... Um, you know, it's just like a reminder in the back of my head that like at the end of the week, I got to fill that out. And was I accountable to what I wanted to do the week before? So anyway, I think, you know, I live my life. It's, it's really five F's. It's faith, family, fitness, finance, and friends. So again, it's like, if I'm trying to make decisions that fill up those buckets in some capacity, and yeah, I mean, I leverage this for, for work, for real estate, but also like, Am I intentionally, you know, spending time with my wife? Am I intentionally spending time with my son? Yeah. Um, am I 100%. doing cardio, where, which I don't do enough of? So okay. uh, Ooh, it I'll... is, uh, that's kind of how I, yeah, I take it past just call it work related as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pumped you're back into it. I know, I know for me when I am, when I use it, it's my, when it's my day in and day out tool to keep me on track, amazing things have happened. When did you yep. show me that? Probably 2019, It was a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, it was, I, I have to look, I have a shelf in this closet that's just my full focus kay. planners. And it's, oh yeah, wow. I bet, I bet I have 15 of them in there because it's by quarter. So I've, I've been well, doing it for at least, you know, it's funny. I know I started using it religiously Q1 of 2021 when we started Noble. So that's like, like okay. I, that's, I've, I've used it every quarter since then because I have an annual plan now with them. I just get four yeah. shipped to me a year. And, you know, again, on that, I know we talked about what the vivid vision. Yep. Um, yep. I'm, I'm it's another reading good one. that. That's my December book to kind of uh, spring load things for 2024 for me, for my real estate investing, for, you know, kind of those five Fs as well. So love that. Love that. Well, yeah. let's, let's dive in some of that, Danny. Um, for everyone listening, we kind of jumped right in. I, I love jumping in the full focus planner, number one, but. Would you mind for people who don't know who you are, or maybe didn't listen to the first podcast, just to give everyone a little bit of a background of who you are and, and what you do. And then obviously we'll, we'll dive into real estate and all the fun stuff we want to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So I guess to, to start off, it's always like who you are, like, and we always go into like, oh, I'm in tech sales and I do real estate. That's so why I, say, I, I like to say, I did want to say like, what, like, who do you work right. for? Or what do you do? Cause I want to know who you are. Like who's Danny? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I'm a father of a little guy, uh, Brayden, who's 14 months old. I'm a husband to my wife of two years now. I live in the, uh, West suburbs of Illinois in Geneva. Um, if anyone on here ever wants to golf this summer, uh, let's <laughs> would love to do that. 
Um, and my, my day job is a W2 technology worker at Palo Alto Networks. And to me, it's a fantastic platform, fantastic opportunity. And, you know, really my, my, my passion is real estate. And I think where this stems from is I fundamentally believe that a large portion of your active income should be on trying to build passive income. And that's really where, where things started for me is, okay, what am I doing with this active income to grow my passive income? And logically, uh, you know, about six or seven years ago, uh, that was real estate for me. So, um, I started off, uh, fixing and flipping homes throughout Chicagoland area. And I quickly found that um, for me, at least, it was a very active role. And again, while I have a family, while I have other interests, while I have a day job, that didn't work for me and my situation. So, um, you know, fast forward uh, three, four years, I pivoted into multifamily real estate. And to me, why multifamily real estate makes sense is it's really, it's, it's economies of scale. It's more of a business model of implementing systems and processes, how I'm really orientated. And then getting the right team in place to um, essentially treat each property like its own business and continue to uh, really scale the sky's the limit of the types of opportunities that we're going after, the size of opportunities, and kind of um, bringing all the pieces of the, of the puzzle together for multifamily real estate investing. Wild. I, I, what, I always wonder, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, what was the jumping off point to even do your first investment back way when, when you did the flipping, like what, what was it? Did you listen to something? Did you, did you read something? Like where was, it, was it Danny where you kind of were like, I want to try this book, some book that really changed my life. It was the last thing that you want to do is climb a mountaintop and get to the top of the mountain and realize that you're on the wrong mountaintop. So I've always, I've always had that, passion for real estate. You know, uh, many people will, will reference the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. Love I that. read that as well. Um, and to me, it was, I, there are many people out there doing things that um, they aren't necessarily more capable, more skilled than you. They just took that calculated risk. And to, you know, I'm 32 years old now. Um, I'm you know, have a handful of uh, properties that I own as a general partner, as, as well as a limited partner. We could go into that a little later, but um, it's the power of starting. It's the power of sometimes asking what is the worst case possible situation that could go wrong. Um, and, you know, to me, I, I leverage my faith of choosing, you know, faith over fear. Um, courage over comfort, you know, two analogies that I kind of stick with. And that's really what, uh, you know, steam headed me to start my real estate journey um, a handful of years ago now. 
Love that. Love that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's zero to one, right? It's the whole concept of going zero to one and giving it a, a shot. So for yeah. you, you, you did obviously, I think we talked about this on the first podcast, actually, you did the, the flipping, buying and, and trying to flip real estate for single family yeah. homes. Didn't love that process. Um, for someone listening who may be interested in what you are really actively doing today, how did you start to learn about multifamily homes and I know from even our in-person conversations that we've had over the years, it does even to me seem like it's like, yeah, it's just like a big, a big thing to learn about. And one of the things I was excited to dive into today is for people listening, hopefully they can take away something today to be like, how do I like take step one to go learn about multifamily yeah. and getting involved in that and learning from other people? So what, what right. would you recommend and how did you get started? So, so it's funny. So I, um, I, I do raise capital. I have a newsletter out there as well. And I genuinely enjoy educating my peers, whether it's in the tech space, corporate world, guys like yourself who, you know, are looking for investment opportunities of just helping people identify what real estate investment tool is right for me. And and I say that because a lot of people get started in well, you know what, maybe I'll just hold on to my condo and mm -hmm. rent it out. Or maybe I'll buy a two flat, live in one, or you know what, let's let's go do a, a short-term Airbnb. I, sure. I don't know, so, so many routes out there. And I think for me, again, it goes down to call it scalability as well as lifestyle design as well. I, you know, of how can you, um, again, get those systems processes in place so that the business continues to operate without necessarily Danny Bayless in there, uh, you know, every hour of, of every day. So, right, right. you know, I'd say for when I speak to, um, you know, people that are looking to get into real estate, they're really, you know, it's, it's four main questions that I like to, to ask them. It's like, okay, one, how much time do you have? Like, and in, in, in really be realistic with yourself of if you have a W-2 job, if you have a family, if you have things going on, like how much time do you genu genuinely have? So that's kind of question one. And Number if, two, I don't, if you don't mind, Danny, that, yeah. that's one thing you and I spent a lot of time talking about. How did you figure out how much time you had? I figured, I mean, it, a, it goes down to a little bit of priority, but for me personally, this was extremely important. And for me, I said, if I'm not able to dedicate 20 hours per week between before work, after work, and on weekends, then I don't want it bad enough. Mm -hmm. So that was how I, I think 20 hours a week is, is enough to get traction. Um, and, you know, start to evaluate opportunities, start to see what you like, what you don't like. So that was, um, that's, that's my rule of thumb. I mean, doesn't mean that that's right or wrong. That's just how I, uh, evaluated my, my time allocation towards it. So love it. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Okay. Sorry. I cut you off. So that was number no, one. Number no, two. That's good. So, so I guess the first one is time. The second one is how, and this is really what I think is super important how call it active or passive do sure. you want to be and i think when i got started it was 
well, I want to be in control. I want to, I want to, you know, be in all parts of, of the deal. I want to know exactly what's going on. And then when you really start to network, when you really start to understand the business further, really partnerships and sometimes taking a limited role is really uh, a great opportunity to take advantage of. Mm. And why do I say that? I say that because as a limited partner in a you know large multifamily asset, you're actually partnering with um, very experienced operators where you can learn from those experienced operators, collect income from those operators. And really just, uh, again, it's a good way to get your feet wet, to create income on a monthly basis that isn't correlated to the stock market and um, just learn the business that's that way. And that's really, you know, when I decided to transition into multifamily, that's how I learned the business. I okay. went out, I spoke to 50 different operators. I said, I'm looking to deploy some capital. I'm really interested in this space. If you have any opportunities where you're looking for investors, please add me to your distribution list. And um, again, it was kind of like that single family rental or yeah. single family fix and flip. I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I felt like I had the right team in place to place my capital that would over communicate, that would deliver upon their business plan. And, um, you know, fast forward, I've done that uh, multiple times now as a limited partner and now transitioning to a general partner. And it's um, continued to be a, uh, an income producing investment as well as uh, a wealth of knowledge in learning from experienced operators as That's well. So cool, man. Cause it's, it's like networking. And before we started recording, no different than talking about, you know, starting something, whether it's, you know, anything, um, it sounds right. like just getting involved was just talking to people and meeting. So to even dumb that down further, Danny, and to give everyone listening kind of like the, the very basic explanation, you started networking and, and let's just say Bob, the, one of the guys that you reached out to, I'm assuming what happens is he's leading the project. He's like, Hey, we're investing in this 30 apartment build 30, you know, unit apartment building sure x dollars if you want in here's like the limited amount of investment we would need from you to be to own x percent of the apartment building is that kind of how it worked at a high level yes that's fair so really my main focus right now is what's called a real estate syndication and what a real estate syndication is is there are two parties there is there's the general partnership and they find the deal, they put the deal together, they operate the deal on a daily, monthly basis. And then there's the limited partners. And those limited partners are, hey, guys like myself, guys like you, um, generally speaking, accredited investors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Accredited investors are individuals who make over $200,000 a year who are looking to... um, place capital into a a real estate investment and 
they don't have any main day-to-day responsibilities. Okay. So you're, you're like an angel investor for, I guess in my world, that would be like a food or beverage brand getting an angel investment from someone and they don't do anything day-to-day, but they gave them however amount of money, they own a piece of the pie, but they don't actually operate the business. Right. And I, I'd say I've evaluated angel investing in the past and I'd like kind of this conversation um, with you. So what I like about real estate is in most opportunities, you're getting cash flow day one mm-hmm. and you're also getting the upside of the opportunity once you go and resell or refinance the opportunity. So my viewpoint on real estate is it is a, um, call it a low risk cash flow producing investment versus, you know, in your world, I feel from the outside looking in, it's more of you're hitting a home run or you're kind of striking out or maybe hitting a single. In my world, of family real estate syndications, you're hitting singles, you're hitting doubles, you're hitting triples. And that's what, that's what attracts me about, about the business is consistent monthly income, um, in a true asset that uh, generally speaking is uh, profitable day one. I, I think you hit it right on the head. I think what I've learned already in a couple of years of trying to do a little bit of angel investing is <clears throat> one big difference and and correct me if it's not if I, if my assumption's not correct with real estate you get all of the data before you make a real estate investment so you've talked about building some models obviously i'm a finance yeah. guy that rings bells to me so you can actually like like you don't know for sure but you can at least right. run some scenarios and get a pretty good sense yeah with yeah with angel investing usually the challenge is you your due diligence is dependent on the founding team in theory, right? So, you know, if it's a food brand, for example, um, where are they going to sell it? How much do they make on a product today versus like, there's a lot of, there's, I would argue there's way more variables that can go right or wrong. And then depending on the economy, some of the, the, some of the, um, the lifetime of the investment could be a lot longer in angel investing, right? Like you you could be, I think a lot of people think it's a quick hit. The ones you hear about maybe are, but I would argue probably most angel investments nowadays are going to be three to 10 years. It's a huge window, but like there's just not a lot of success stories with the economy, the way it's been the last few years. So I feel like actually more and more people are probably deploying less and less capital. And I was just reading an article the other day in general about investing in different sectors. And it seems like it's become a, it's become pretty consistent where there's a lot of people holding on to cash versus deploying it into angel investing or any of these other platforms. So, but I think you're right. It sounds like for, for real estate, it's definitely more of hitting singles and doubles and you're getting, it's more about building a long-term consistent base. You know, home runs don't, you know, come about, but everyone has their own, a investing philosophy, B definition of what success looks like. Like mine is to truly buy cash flow producing assets. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what multifamily real estate is to me. And I think, you know, a lot of times it's like, okay, well, sure, let's go buy a, a multifamily asset. Um, 
you know, it it isn't a whole lot different than picking a stock. Like 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 when you really when you get your reps in, um, you like stocks for for certain reasons, whether it's you know the brand, whether it's the growth, whether it's a leadership team. There there are similar similarities in that in real estate. Oh, I mean, I whether it's the yeah. location, whether it's the sponsorship team, whether it's the size, whether it's the you know upside. So um, you know, I, I just say to not overcomplicate things, and uh, you know, obviously the power of a of a mentorship as well. And I got that as being a limited partner, and now transitioning more so to the general partner side as well. So to to build on that, to yep. become a limited partner, do you need any certifications for people listening? Do you need any sort of do you need to pass a test or do you really just need capital in the right connections to be a part of some of these deals? Yeah. So let's kind of, so again, from a real estate standpoint, it's like, how much time do I have? Uh, if, if your answer is, eh, you know, limited sub 10 hours a week, um, do I want to be active or passive? Uh, if you're, if you're saying, you know what, from a bandwidth standpoint, I'm probably open to being passive and learning this business a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the next two questions is how much capital do I have to deploy and when do I need that capital back? Um, so those are kind of those, those four main questions. And in order to be a limited partner, um, you know, there, there's, some t- some investments you do need to be an accredited investor mm-hmm. but high level no it's it's really um finding uh operators who you trust to find the correct asset to invest into and generally speaking what uh general partners are looking for is they're looking for you know 25 50 or a hundred thousand uh, dollar capital contribution, it you know certainly can be more as well. But if you're just starting out, um, you know, uh, take a crawl, walk, run approach and, mm-hmm. and throw in a, a dollar amount that you're comfortable with. And um, you know, most real estate syndications have a uh, have a five to a seven year hold period. Okay. So um, I'll kind of give you give you an example. So my first um investment uh that that i invested into was in arizona it was a hundred unit um multifamily opportunity i threw in fifty thousand dollars and um, how that was structured would is i would get an eight percent distribution on a monthly basis and then upon the sale um I split the profits myself and the other limited partners split the profits with the general partnership team. And it resulted in around a $95,000 paycheck. Nice. So, and how long so, was that time? Uh, this one was, was four years. So it was um, certainly, you know, we had the baseball reference, I guess you could call yeah. it more of a triple or a home run. Yeah. Um, but but generally what we're we're looking for when I evaluate opportunities is that seven to eight percent plus monthly cash flow distribution to the limited partners. 
as well as an opportunity to um, double your investment over a length of, of five years is really kind of opportunities that, um, that I evaluate both as a general, general partner as well as a limited partner. Got it. Okay. So to, to dig into that a little bit, the, you said seven or 8%, is that just like total rent that was paid a month? You're roughly getting seven to 8% of that back, or is it you're getting seven or 8% of the profit back after operating costs or like, how was that math done? You're, you're getting seven to 8% of your capital contribution. So mm. let's say, oh, okay. uh, Shane, I'm not as good at of math of you. You do a hundred thousand dollars into um, into an investment, you're getting what approximately five eighty three six hundred dollars a month. Okay, um, right. And again, so it's it's that helps from um, you know I truly believe in the power of having multiple income streams, and a lot of times we think, how do I get another income stream? And it you know, equates into kind of more work. Mm -hmm. The value of being a limited partner is it's an income stream where you're truly um, a passive investor. So right. um, that's that's what was initially attractive to me is increasing my monthly um, cash flow and income without necessarily increasing my workload. Hundred percent. It's it's how you it's how you really build wealth. So for so if I'm understanding that correctly, the $50,000 investment, you were getting 7% of that back a month, roughly. Is that, is that, yep. yeah, I mean, some, some sponsors do a, you know, a quarterly distribution. Some sponsors do a, a monthly distribution, but yeah, that's, that's what you can expect back from a, you know, a, a monthly return. And so then you, you basically made back your investment in a year, essentially. Is that right? And then. When you sold it, you got an extra. Um, Am I thinking of that well, correctly? Do, doing the math, you know, yeah. If you do a hundred thousand dollar investment year one, you're you're going to get eight thousand dollars. You're sorry another eight thousand year, year three. I thought you were yep. saying by a month, and I'm like, holy smoke! I thought you were saying like you were making eight grand back then, a month. Then I was we're like, talking. Then I was like, talking. damn, that is okay. That that makes more. That makes a lot more sense to me. Okay, so yeah, eight yeah. years. So got it. So it would right. take you if there wasn't a sale. It would have taken you roughly ten years to to get back the original investment. But there's obviously correct ideally an exit, like a business. Yeah, yeah. yeah there there's an exit. There is you know forced appreciation. There's paying down the principal of the mortgage. Mm -hmm. There's natural appreciation, and all of that equates to generally selling or refinancing in five to six years, with uh, everyone also getting a large equity uh, paycheck upon um, that exit of sorts. Wow, very interesting. Okay, and so that all makes sense. As a limited partner, do you get access to? All of the data, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, like, if I'm if I'm thinking about about getting into a syndicate with you, which, by the way, you threw that out there, and I didn't mention, I didn't realize you. That's what this is. So you actually kicked off your own syndicate. You've been talking about this forever. This is awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. No, we didn't I, even didn't, didn't even I cheers on that this weekend. That's so right, cool. Right. Right. So so yeah. I mean, um, it, again, it kind of goes down to finding those right sponsors who you trust. Yeah. Who will over communicate with you. And I think, again, like, you know, 
just like in any business, things are going to go good. Things are going to go, things are, there are going to be challenging times. And that's right. as a limited partner, what I want is I want a sponsor who's going to over communicate with me via, you know, a monthly snapshot of how the asset of how this business is truly performing. So yeah. And if you're investing with the right general partners, if you're investing with the right sponsors, you are going to get a monthly snapshot of how is my asset performing based on initial projections and how are we implementing that, that business plan. So in, in layman's terms, probably not too different than like a quarterly earnings release to wall street, same kind of thing. Sure. I think, yep. Very, very strong, you know, analogy there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so for you and you, so again, to put into layman's terms for everyone listening, as you meet these people and the opportunities have arisen, what are some of the things Danny's doing to evaluate? Like, how are you looking at these opportunities? I'm assuming you probably have some sort of model you're looking at or something you've built or, yep. or what, what do you kind of do? What's your process look like? Yeah. So it's funny how, uh, obviously you just purchased a home, uh, and I'm not going to ask you what your interest rate is because I don't, I don't, I don't, want, to I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> So, you know, it's actually a similar process on the multifamily side. So, And that was something I wanted to dive into because I, I did get some yeah. advice when we were going through the process of uh, date the rate and marry the house. So that's what I'm, I'm just, I'm holding on okay. to for now. All right. Yeah. I, I agree yet. I don't fully agree with that, but Hey, um, so, so, so high level, um, it's goofy. I'm actually, you know, sending out my newsletter tomorrow and, um, one thing that if you look at the past 12 months, uh, multifamily transactions are down 50% year over year. I think it's 57% or something like that. And the, the main reason behind that is really where rates are today and how challenging it is to make an opportunity pencil out. So. Mm -hmm kind of not like the residential space and the commercial space. Um, there are so many different loan products out there. There's interest only loans, there's you know, floating rate debt loans. So what we're really focusing on is just um, risk diversion as well as locking in with a fixed rate loan, which we feel comfortable with. Um, for a period of time. So kind of how we evaluate opportunities for ourselves as well as for our investors is does the property cash flow at least a little bit day one? Mm, you know, I okay. think I think that is at the end of the day, this is still a business and 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 we want to buy cash flow producing businesses. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Second question that we ask ourselves is how can we improve this asset is there a value add play of sorts um to improving the cash flow of this asset so those are really kind of like when i'm when when you're evaluating uh an apartment building there is you know a numbers approach to it which is 100 needed but it's also you know call it a business approach to it as well of like what is our specific business plan for this specific asset? So I, mm. I'd say, yeah, when we evaluate opportunities, I mean, it's just like evaluating residential, like 
you are looking for something that has some population growth that, you know, is a landlord friendly opportunities that, um, you know, good schools, uh, and employment growth. And then again, for us at Arc Equity Group, we're looking for, you know, that cash flow day one, as well as a value add component to increase the cash flow as well as the value of, of the asset. Got it. Okay. I know. I mean, all, that all makes a ton of sense for, so you're, you're evaluating all that stuff. I, I get it. You kind of yeah. have like a game plan you guys, you guys go through. Um, obviously the next question in my mind, no different than when you're like, when you're shopping for a stock, I think most people probably for stocks gravitate towards things they know, products they like, brands sure. they, they hear or love. For you, how do you, there's just, in my opinion, there's an endless amount of opportunity in the real estate world. Like not just in the town you are, the city yeah. or the local geography, but you could go around the country. Right. So like where, how do you guys start to evaluate properties and options? And I don't know if it's changed with interest rates, but I would assume things probably popped up and sold pretty quickly. And maybe that slowed down a little bit, but yeah. How, how mean, do you guys I even go down? How do you start to like map that out? Right. So we're, we're very, uh, you know, I guess, uh, cautiously optimistic about some great opportunities arising here in 2024 as some owners are going to be forced to sell given they're in an interest rate at, you know, 3%. Now rates are six and a half, seven percent And that apartment is no longer, you know, a cash flow uh, asset. So yeah. I genuinely feel um, that there are going to be some great buying opportunities in 2024. And um, our, call it buy box, so to say, is, and you just kind of, you do learn a little bit by doing, um, you know, we want to be give or take five hours from greater Chicagoland. We want 1980s construction and newer. And why we do that is because we feel that your operating costs and having a newer construction build are going to be significantly less than a call it 1940s, 1950s, 1960s build. Um, and then really, you know, kind of in that 25 to 150 unit space is where we're actively targeting. And why we target that is we feel it is large enough to have economies of scale, to have systems in place. Yet it's also small enough that we aren't necessarily competing against those institutional buyers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our, our sweet spot. And, you know, uh, high level, like, yeah, I've, I've looked at the Southwest. I've, I've, I've invested in Arizona as a limited partner. I've invested in South Carolina and North Carolina, uh, in Florida as a limited partner. However, um, A, I don't have as much market knowledge of those. That's why I chose to be a limited partner as opposed to a general partner. And second, when you look at, um, when you look at the Midwest and, you know, this is how I put my Midwest hat on, um, it is stable cash flow and consistent year over year rent growth. So maybe we aren't going to get the pops of, like like phoenix for example great great sure. uh, like retirement and yeah yeah but when you look at the phoenix market um 
like Indianapolis, where you're from, is actually outpacing rent growth in Indianapolis versus Phoenix. And a main reason behind that is there's so much new construction going into some of the Southwest states, like, you know, Phoenix and the Sunbelt markets, as well as the Southeast states, and not quite as much new construction in Midwest. So what that means in the Southwest, Southeast states, that supply and demand equilibrium gets off Mm-hmm. Because again, just the pouring of new construction where the Midwest, you don't see quite as much, um, you know, new construction going in and generally correlates to a little bit more of a consistent uh, market analysis as you're trying to acquire a building and hold on to it for five, five, six years. Wow. Interesting. Okay. That's, I never knew that. Um, And again, I didn't know that, you know, like it's kind of still going back to that, like limited partner versus general partnership. Like I'm very much someone where it's like, no, no, I could, I could figure it out. I could figure it out. Yeah. But it's like, you learn this by sometimes being a limited partner, better understanding what general partners are doing. And then, hey, maybe at some point you, you you go transition into being a general partner if that's you know what you want to go go and do. Right. No, that makes sense. And it's funny because I actually do know now that you say that I have I have two friends. One of them based out of Texas. And okay. From time to time, I'll get a text from him out of the blue, and he's like, "What do you think of this town?" And I'm like, I like either know it or I pull it up, and it's always like in the general Indiana, Ohio, yeah. and he's in commercial real estate as well. And they're okay. always looking at the Midwest now. And so it's funny you say that because I always, yeah. I never really put two and two together, but he was always asking me. And I assumed he was just texting people around the country, but I think he is actually actively trying to look to the Midwest. So Hey, uh, c- connect us. Would love yeah, I'll to, say, I definitely uh, will. Would... Yeah, 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 definitely. That's like, I didn't yeah, even think about it. Yeah. We will. Um, right. And then I guess just, again, I'm, I am very passionate about because just educating others of like, call it, how do I, how do I grow my passive income? And, you know, this year, like I said, like transaction volume is, you know, significantly lower. So it is harder to go out and and buy those opportunities. And it's, it's funny. It's like, if, if someone's like, I have zero, um, passive income. Yeah. Which, and I want to get to a thousand bucks. Like, I don't know, like one, I'd say, you know, kind of there, there are three things like one, like go find a high yield uh savings savings account like fifth third bank right now uh they're providing 5.3 percent on my on my savings so it's like yeah it's crazy right now there right yeah you know and then i have some of my capital in a what's called a debt fund where debt funds are essentially you're a bank to um to like fix and flippers okay oh okay and you know i get in uh a 9% um, monthly distribution. Um, Now there's no upside like there is on multifamily, but every, you know, I put a dollar amount in and I get a 9% return um, month over month. And so those are just like, Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of those before. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as much as I like, you know, it's um, I think I'm trying to help others come up with small wins of, Love that. Well, yeah, I have, you know, money in the stock market. I'm doing well, but you know, uh, again, I'm in, I'm in sales. A lot of guys in tech sales out there. Well, like 
what are you doing on those slower months? Like, you know, how are you growing your passive income when, yeah, you, you don't have a large, uh, large sales quarter, large sales month and helping those kind of go from, you know, whether it's $0 in passive income to a, a specific amount or growing passive income as well. And I think multifamily is a fantastic, um, you know, place to be uh, yet there are, Hey, there are other routes out there as well that are, um, very low risk and fully passive as well. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And so I, I would love to, and we could do some of this off air, but I would love to even yeah. use as, you know, we got 10 minutes left of time, even yep. for a couple minutes here, use me as a, as a use case for you and, and for someone else that's I'm sure listening that will reach out to you. So yep. let, let's just say, I, you know, I've always wanted to get into this space. I've never really known where to start. You and I have had mul a couple conversations and I always leave the conversation feeling like, okay, I need to go do some homework. I don't ever go. I feel like I never actually go do enough of the homework because I'm busy enough. And then I look back and then I'm like, shit, I need to go connect with Danny again and figure out how I get involved. So what, so that use me, me as right. a scenario. Yeah. And then let's, let's chat through that. Like, what would you suggest so, as a good okay. step for me? After you, this? Using you, I'm going to uh, dissect Shane White. Love it. Um, you do well financially and you really like your, 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 your job, uh, your, your company. Um, you have a wife, a son and, um, call it a, a growing family. Yep, yep, in the future. Another one on the way. Yes, sir. Um, and you've said like, I know you, you enjoy your stocks, you enjoy crypto. And you've said, oh man, when I've spoken to Danny, I, I really want to do something about it, yet I haven't. Yeah. So 100%. that tells me, like, um, you know, it's, hey, some people, it's that, call it the and time. To, to, and... to maybe, not to defend myself, but to be honest, okay. I knew we wanted to buy a, a buy our, our, our like second home yeah. within the next, right. at that time, probably like one to three years. So I've Certainly. always felt like I'm sitting on the sideline a little bit until we got through that's this. Fair. And that's been that's something fair. I even talked to my financial advisor about is like, okay, we did it now. Now I want to yep. start like, cause this is the home we hope to be in for a very, very long time. So now I'm like, okay, behind me, what do I, right. what do I do? Yep. Yep. So, so to me, you, um, call it have resource, have more resources than time. Everyone's different. Some people are like, Hey, I don't have a whole lot of resources, but I have time. You know, you are kind of on that other end of that spectrum. And if I'm you, like it, it still goes down to, um, how do I, you know, it's, it's kind of a twofold approach. One, how do I protect myself in investments that are not correlated to the stock market? Mm -hmm. I think real estate's a great play right there. Two, um, I think real estate is a great tool um, from a tax standpoint as well. For higher income earners, um, there is certainly great tax benefits associated with multifamily real estate uh, available to, to limited partners as well. So, oh, okay. Didn't know that. Right. Right. So, so when you so actually I'm, allocate capital to a real estate deal, it's, it's, it's tax advantaged in some, some way, shape or yep, form. Yep. So, so if I'm, if I'm Shane White, I am trying to find, I'm trying to call it 
get those wheels in motion of, okay, here's my uh, investment allocation now. Um, how do I broaden my investment allocation? I'm not saying like, all right, get rid of all this stuff. Like I still contribute to the stock market. I still contribute to my 401k, to my you know company stock plan. Yet it's also about, I'm not fully, um, that's not where all of my investment is. And I think that's just a good way to look at things of, am I too over allocated in a specific asset class? Mm -hmm. And I genuinely feel most, if not all of us are, we're, we're, we're all heavily invested in stocks and hey, some people crypto. And a lot of people are, yeah, I know I want to build a real estate portfolio yet. Um, they don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know what a real estate syndication is. So I, if, if I'm you, I would um, continue to talk with guys like myself. And, I, you know, th there are podcasts out there, books out there that I'm happy to share. But talk with guys who are doing it. Get on um, some distribution list when opportunities arise. And then when you see an opportunity, like try and underwrite it to, to the best of your ability. Mm. Talk with the person about their business plan. So I think. So you mean um, by like, like run the numbers yourself and just see what yeah, you think. Yeah. Just like it, it, it goes, it truly goes down to evaluating opportunities. Um, and I think it's, it's, Hey, listening to a podcast is great. Reading a book is great. Um, what is going to far accelerate um, your knowledge in is real estate right for me? It's talking with guys who are in the space and it's evaluating opportunities and seeing, does this make sense for me? Right. Do I feel that these are superior returns than the stock market, than crypto? Does this fit with my goals and vision for what I'm trying to accomplish? So, Right. Got it. Like, go do it. Go bit, do the work. Go do the work. Yeah, I mean, Go get in the and, hands and, dirty. And it's funny. I talk about this being a limited partner. Being a limited partner still requires work of like being dangerous enough to high level understand real estate yeah. as well as to kind of get your team in place of people where you're going to evaluate opportunities from. So um, that would be my uh, kind of challenge to you of just if you're looking to take the next steps, think about, think about some of those, um, you know, things that I just mentioned. No, I love that, Danny. Appreciate it, man. Um, as we wind down, let's, let's, I always love to ask these questions and it'd be fun. I'll have to go back and listen to what you said last time. So I still ask similar questions. The first one is just source of knowledge. So know that we talked about real estate, but it could be anything for you, Danny, what pops up in your mind immediately is for all the listeners today, whether it's a podcast, a book, an article, something that you listened to, read that really resonated with you that you'd love to share with the audience. I, I'll use this opportunity. So I'm actually, uh, I have 60 days of reading the Bible every single day. And it is just how much that translates into the rest of my rest of my life. So um, there's an app called the Bible app that I download, find a reading plan. So I'll, um, I'll use that. You know, okay. I, I probably don't read as much as I, you know, could or should, but I feel I have a really strong um, morning routine. 
Um, and it, it starts with that. So I'll, I'll start there. Love it. Okay. Well, that's a good one. There we go. Yep. Um, second one is just tools. And we talked about this at the very beginning of the podcast, but if you want to either say that again and reiterate it or share something new, what tools does Danny use on a daily basis to hit yearly goals, weekly goals, and ultimately just what do you, what tools do you surround yourself with to get shit done on a daily basis? Um, we discussed, we discussed this right here. So, uh, I'd say, I'd say the full focus planner. And then I really think there's so much power in just having a vision and I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at it, but just really kind of challenging yourself. Who do I want to be in three years? Am I working backwards to that? And outside of your podcast, I'll also do a shameless plug for a Rob yeah. Beardex podcast. It's okay. Oh, have you been I, listening to it since we talked about it? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, great, it's, right? It it's fantastic. Uh, I yep. really am going to try to get him on. I mean, Charlie, who was a guest on here, uh, that's his CMO. So I'm, uh, nice. I'm working. That's he, he, I worked with him at our X bar. That's how we got connected. Um, Sweet. That's yeah. incredible. Rob's, Rob's a savage. Have you been time blocking? Yeah. Uh, yes. Every single hour of every day. No. Yeah. Um, but more awareness and, and getting closer to that. I actually felt like when I was doing it every hour of the day, I started to feel a lot more stress and like I'm behind. So I, I've kind of done the yeah, same thing. Yeah, I know. Because and then sometimes you don't fill it out and it's like, oh man, what did I, 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 I can, there's, I can there's, relate to and that. Honestly, it's funny. I know Rob, this isn't like super public, but even Charlie talked about it a little bit. Uh, Rob is working on like a software that would I plug know. into your yeah. calendar that would help. That's so I'm really excited to see what they come up with. Um, lastly, most important, Danny, plug um, Arc Equity Group. How can people follow along with you? How can people get on the newsletter? I can, I'll add some links, but give everyone a little For download sure. on how they can follow you and get yeah. involved. Um, feel free to shoot me an email, Danny, D-A-N-N-Y at Arc, A-R-C-E-Q-U-I-T-Y group.com. Shoot me a text, 630-550-1583. Whoa. And I genuinely mean it. Like I, I, I love talking about this stuff. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. don't feel like, oh, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, let's, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's love chat it. it up. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, you know, if it's not me that, you know, maybe could be a value to you, I, I'd be happy to, you know, point you in the right direction as I'm pretty well connected with um, guys who are active in this, uh, in this space as well. So love it, brother. Well, thanks for taking the time today, man. I hope uh, everyone listening gets a lot of great lessons from this episode and Danny definitely will be, will be following up. I, I have a lot of ideas uh, in this space that I would love to, to keep learning more from you on. So, so let's keep you, talking. What you're saying is you're going to invest in my next opportunity. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I want to learn more. So, so cool. let's do it, brother. All right. All right, well, man. I well, appreciate thank you for the Shane, time. Shane, and we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Sounds good, buddy.